please and uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 23 again this evening. Psalm 23, uh, go on to a, a second part of the sermon, I guess, and uh, switch gears a little bit from what this morning was in Psalm 23, and it, uh, this, this psalm has everything we need in there. This morning we preached about a happy life. And uh, thank the Lord we can have a happy life in the Lord. Amen. You try to find a happy life outside of the Lord Jesus. If you're saved, you're not going to find it. Uh, you'll be most miserable and uh, because, you know, God chastens his children. And I think we all understand it's not fun to get chastened. And, uh, but uh, this evening we're going to talk about peace in death. Now, don't, don't get worried. Don't, uh, you know, uh, you say that sounds like a gloomy sermon. It's not a gloomy sermon. So just listen to it. I think it'll help you. Let's read Psalm 23 together again like we did this morning. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ah, oh, what a blessed psalm that is. Let's ask God to help us now this, this evening. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to be in church on a Sunday night. And uh, it's always a privilege for us to meet here. And uh, Sunday nights are so special to us. We think as we gather together. And uh, as we close out this wonderful day uh, in church, we pray that you'd bless and help us now. As we discuss something that's, if you should tarry, it's going to happen to all of us. But, Father, I pray that we might understand that we don't need to fear when we have you. So, Father, bless and help us now this evening. Save the one may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I was thinking when we sang that song, I left my hymnal open there, that song we just sang, He Leadeth Me. Uh, That last verse said, And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory is won, in death's cold wave I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. It goes along with this psalm, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, uh, we, this morning we talked about life, and, and uh, we all like life, and I think most people want to be happy in life. I think in my lifetime I've run across a few people are not happy about being happy. There are some folks who just look for something to be miserable about. They just enjoy it. I really do. They may not say this, but I just you just watch them, and they just always want to be unhappy, it seems like. Always can find, uh, you know, something to be unhappy about. And, uh, you know, I think they, they may enjoy it, relish in that. Uh, and, and that's sad when that happens. But uh, I, I like to be happy, don't you? I like I cut up a lot, and I'm, I'm, I, I've got something to be happy about. I have the Lord, and so we can rejoice in that fact there. But, uh, you know, we talked this morning about that happiness comes from peace, peace that we have with God. Uh, Peace does not come by... uh, uh, our military, although I think I believe we need a strong military, I need. I think China ought to shake in their boots tonight. And uh, but uh, I, I, I don't think real peace comes from the military. It doesn't come from government. Uh, like what that one guy was telling those folks in Ohio about that train wreck. He says, "You just trust the government." 
I'm like, do I look that big of a fool? You know, I mean, I really think about this. I'm trusting the Lord, amen. And uh, I, 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 I think, you know, the, the peace that, that God gives us. And, 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 and we can have happiness because of the peace that God gives. And we talked about the ingredients of the happy life. We'd say that salvation, it's contentment, uh, restoration, and righteousness. And then we also talked about those things that are not the ingredients to a uh, happy life. And we said that's not, that money is not, or possessions, and property, and position is not, uh, is not the ingredients for a happy life. And then, yeah, the world tells us that. If I could just have this, I'll be happy. And uh, that just doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Because all those things we can have break or get old, tarnish, don't they? And uh, I, I used to think... I remember years ago when we, when I was assistant pastor, I saw this beautiful, I know I've told the story, beautiful gun cabinet. Oh, I wanted it so bad. And we were at the store to buy a, a, a dining room table. And uh, so all, every whole family could get around it because we just had a little bitty one. But I saw that gun cabinet, and I wanted it so bad. And you know what? I can still remember this. I'll be happy if I get that. Really, I, that's the way I felt. I, I'll be happy if I get it. And so what happens, the day came, and they delivered the t- kitchen table because we made a deal. We said, listen, I buy this table. Give me a deal on the, on the gun cabinet. And so he took $1.50 off, and uh, uh, that was good enough to make it good for me, you know. And so I, I got that gun cabinet. And I remember they brought it in. They set it up. We had a, a, a split-entry house, and right at the top of the steps going up the living room, it sat right there on that wall, and I was so happy. I thought, man, that looks beautiful. I had two guns. I put one on one side and one on the other, and it looked so empty, but I thought, I've got this. And you know what I found out? I wasn't happy after I got that because it needed more guns. And then I felt, well, we don't need to go on the story. I think you know the end of that story. Well, really, it's not the end yet. Amen. And, uh, but anyway, my son sent me a picture. He said, hey, Dad, it's about time to get a bigger safe. I'm, I'm, I mean, that boy's a prophet. I really is. But, uh, you know, I mean... Uh, you know, things just don't make us happy. We just always need something more. Uh, and and, and uh, so that is not what's going to bring us to the happiness. And we talked about it there, that salvation, contentment, restoration, and righteousness. And, and uh, I think about, you know, how, how wonderful it is to, 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 to have that, that joy. And I have to say this, I like living. Don't you? I like living. I'm glad I'm alive. I don't sit around and say, I wish I was dead. No. You say, preacher, don't you want to go to heaven someday? Yes. But I'm really happy about being alive. Because, you see, if, if, it's, if, if Christ is left out of your life, you'll be miserable. Because about the time you start making more money, the taxes go up. You make more money and you think, man, we can go in Walmart and buy more stuff now. And you go in there and you find out everything is, is more money. And you can't. And so you get a raise, and it's already eaten up by inflation. And so what happens? We're not really happy there, and so our life can be very miserable. But I I think, you know, how wonderful it is to be able to have life and to be alive, because here's one of the wonderful things about being alive, knowing the Lord, gives us an opportunity to serve the Lord. That's a good thing. To be able to serve the Lord, that I get the chance, you get the chance to be able to serve the God of heaven, to be able to live for him, how wonderful that life is. You say, well, that just don't sound like it's wonderful. Try it, you'll like it when you love the Lord. And so I like living. I want to be alive. I also I don't want to think about dying. I want to live. I've got a, I've got a what, uh, 
insurance, life insurance. I've got to hurry up and die by 75 because then it's over. Just kidding, all right. Some of you right now say, well, you can work that out. You know, it's one of what term life insurance is it? And uh, so it's just enough really to, to maybe bury me. I don't know by that time. I don't think it'll do that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not looking forward to dying, but I know I will die someday. But if I can live happy, I think maybe we can die with peace. Because, you know, the Bible says this, Hebrews 9, 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's our birth date and there's our death date. I don't want to talk much about that. But the fact of the matter is, we're going to die someday. We don't live forever. Uh, Jimmy Carter, I just read that he's 98 years old and on his deathbed. I mean, 98 years, so that's, that's a lot of years. But you know what? Everybody, other than those, those that, that the Lord took on straight to heaven, everybody dies. It's appointed unto man wants to die. These bodies don't live forever. I believe they could have if Adam and Eve had not sinned. But because of man's sin, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so we know that because of sin that we will die someday, and it's appointed unto us. And if the Lord should tarry, that we all will, will die. Now, don't, don't get so downhearted now, because right now you're living. You've got life. And you can live life. And the life that you can live can be a life lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. But David here in our scripture talks about this death. And he says in verse number four, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I think there's a real important doctrinal statement found here in this, this verse. David knew that death was not harmful. Now you think about this. You know, when I think about death, sometimes if you don't really think spiritually about it, we have this idea that death is harmful. Death is not harmful. It's like walking through a door. From this life to eternal life. When you take your last breath, what happens to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So it's that quick. And so David knew that death was not harmful, but he also knew this, that death was not permanent. I'm glad it's not. You say, but wait a minute, when you die, you die. Well, I, yeah, your body's going to die, and that's, that's kind of permanent there, this old body, but we're going to get a new body. The real you and I, that soul, that spirit that we have, will live forever. It does not die. It's forever, ever, either in heaven or hell. And so David knew that death was not harmful. He knew that death was not permanent. But he also knew this in that verse, I believe, that death was accompanied by the Lord himself. I'm glad that no matter what valley, even that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with me. Thank the, thank the Lord he goes with us everywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's there for us all the time. Now here, here's what the valley of the shadow of, the, of death is not. May I say this? The valley of the shadow of death is not a fictitious place. It's real. It's real. Fictitious means not real, imaginary. Death is a reality that will be experienced by every one of us if the Lord tarries. Now, I'm looking for the Lord to come again and we'd rise. I, I think it would really be great if the Lord would come and we could all go to heaven together in the rapture. 
but I don't know when he's coming. And if he tarries, we may have to go through that process of death and we will die, but don't worry. Life is wonderful, but eternal life is super wonderful. Also, what... Uh, what, what do we find? Also, the valley of the shadow of death is not, not only a fictitious place, but it's a final place. Death is, is real, that valley is real, but we know this, that it's not a final place. Because what did he say there? He said, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Through means you go through it and you come out the other side. We're all going to die someday, we're going to come out the other side, all right. To be present with the Lord is Okay. It's wonderful. It's positive. It's great. We find also that not, it's not a fearful place. The child of God is, 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 for the child of God, there's no reason to fear. You say, but I, I just don't want to die. I, I understand this. I, I, and I, I've talked about it a lot. I don't want the process of death, but I'm not afraid to die. I used to be afraid about dying because I was lost. And I was afraid if I died, I'd go to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. That is eternity. Eternity. But, but, but now, as I know the Lord's my Savior, I, I need to understand that death is not really a fearful place. Why? Because I don't need to fear death because of the Lord. But the Bible does say about a shadow, and there's no reason for us to fear shadows, is there? You know, when I was a kid, you, know, maybe we're, you, know, you all were kids one day were too, weren't you? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Remember back in, when you got off the ark, some of you? Yeah, Mr. Bishop, you're having a birthday this week. Do you remember that? And... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, when, 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 when we were kids, you know, we, I, I, this is what, in my bedroom, we, we lived in the Chicagoland area, and so there's a lot of light outside. You never had really dark nights because all the street lights and everything. And we'd go to bed at night, and we'd always say to my mom, or, my, or when we go in the bedroom, my brother and I, close the closet door. You say, Why? Because when the street light would shine on the clothes on the hangers, it looked like somebody was there. And sometimes something would go by the window and you'd see a shadow and it was like, whoa, close the door. And all the kids are going to go home tonight and say, close the door because someone's in there. Nobody's in there. But shadows sometimes scare us. You know, and uh, uh, it's, it's not really a, a, a fun thing. And I'll be honest with you, even as a, as, a, as a man, I've gotten afraid sometimes of shadows. When I was in Maine hunting bears, bears can kill you. And when I'm sitting there and all of a sudden a shadow comes and I was walking out of the woods and all of a sudden I stepped on a limb of a pine tree and it come flying up when I stepped on the end. It came up like this and there was this shadow that went up real fast and I looked and I'll be honest with you, it scared me. But it was nothing to fear. Shadows scare us. If we were to have the kids, you go in the kids' room and you stand in the corner, you know, and turn, and that little light comes on and you go like this and, and in front of that light and all of a sudden the kids, they get scared and then go, boo. They're scared to death. But there's no reason because shadows won't hurt us. This is the valley of the shadow of death and that shadow will not hurt us. I've heard of people before who are so afraid that, that we even say this, they're afraid of their own shadow. But I'll say this, sometimes you need to fear the shadow. When I was in Alaska, if you were out there in the middle of the night, you had to go outside for a reason we won't discuss. 
Did you go out there in the middle of the night and there's the moon shining? And I'm not saying go out for moonshine either, all righty. But uh, you go outside there and all of a sudden you, you see some movement of a shadow. It's scary. When I was up there, there's grizzly bears and black bears and there's uh, uh, wolves and, and, uh, and, and there was people too. That was really scary. But uh, all those different animals, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes you go out there and you see a shadow at night. I was laying in this little, little hut that we had there, a little... Uh, um, you know, building we were staying in, and, and just one little room thing, and and I would, they only had four uh, uh, bunks, and there was five of us, so I won, and I got to sleep on the floor, and uh, I mean I was sleeping on that floor there, and all of a sudden there was there was this shadow, and there was a big bang on the front porch, and I jumped up, and they all laughed, all the guys laughed how fast I could get up and load my gun, <laughs> because there was a shadow. Sometimes they are scary. But you know what? When we know the Lord, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. You see, what we need to understand is what's causing the shadow. So when I closed that, we wanted to close the door in the bedroom there. There was nothing to fear. A shadow on a, on, from the clothing is nothing to fear. But where we lived also, there were people that would break into houses. And you always feared someone breaking into the house. That would be something to fear. You see, when you think about shadows, there's three things involved in casting a shadow. One, there must be a real object. It's got to be a real object to cast a shadow. If I was to have a light down here, have the boys shine a light, and on the wall, the, 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 it would cast the shadow there. If I was to, and you see how when we have, I have a video for the missionary or something, I walk past it, you see my shadow over here. And we could probably have kids and, and scare kids with a shadow there. But the thing is, the shadow is showing on the wall, is illuminated on the wall. It shows us there's something we might need to be concerned about. So there's the, there must be a real object. There also must be a light. And then there's got to be the reflection. Now let me tell you what I think these, 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 this shadow is all about here. This, I believe that the valley of the shadow of death is the lake of fire. You know, if there's something to be afraid of, be afraid of hell. You know, that's what he's talking about there. I've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, it's scary. Why? Because we think, we know this, we're going to die someday. There's a heaven and there's a hell. We don't fear heaven, but we do fear hell. And rightfully so, we should. You see, there's two types of death. There's, also, there's the physical death, but there's also the spiritual death. Physical death, our bodies one of these days will give up. Our hearts won't beat anymore. There's also, there, that's a physical death, but there's a spiritual death where when we die without Christ, we go to eternity in hell. For the ways of sin is death, separation from God in hell. But the gift of God is eternal life. That's eternal life is with the Lord. And so there is eternal death and there's eternal life. I'm glad I chose eternal life, aren't you? Thank the Lord for it. And so the light of the valley of the shadow of death is the word of God. This Bible sure shines a light on everything for us, doesn't it? You, know, you wonder about marriage, the Bible has a light for that marriage. You want to know about child rearing, the Bible is a light for that child rearing. You want to know about how to live, the Bible is a light for that, that life. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, or I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, who have saved us from uh, saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death 
now listen to this, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This Bible sheds light. It gives us, when we're in that valley of the shadow of death, we have that light that shows us that there is eternal life for us. I'm glad that the Bible illuminates us. I'm glad that I can find out the way, you know, people say, when we talk to them, so when you say, do you know if you die to go to heaven? I don't think anybody can know. You can know. You see, what you need to do is turn the light on. Isn't it amazing? You know, sometimes we try to save electricity. We walk around in the dark. It's a dangerous thing. But when we, we trust, that we turn that light on, amazing what it does. Right now, if we turn all the lights off, I know when we, we do the, the, the video things for the missionaries, and, and all of a sudden we turn the, 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 we don't get the lights on right away, and this, this uh, projector gets turned off, I've got to walk these steps. And I'm always, you know, just kind of feeling my way down there to make sure that I have that step because I don't want to fall. It's dangerous to walk in the dark. I'm glad the Word of God is a light under my path. I'm glad the Bible is that light for my life. And, and, uh, but I also know the reflection of the illuminated object in the valley of the shadow of death is the heart of man. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm glad the light shone in my heart, amen, when I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now understand, death is a reality. We can't ignore it. We go to the doctors. I still don't like going to the doctors. I'm a little bit more comfortable than what I used to be. But I still don't like it, and I'm planning on this. My plan is this, never to be comfortable about going to the doctors. But I go, I go to the doctors, and I, 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 but, but I know, why do I do this? Because I, I, I like living. I go in there, and the doctor says, now you've got to get this diabetes under control. And I say, ah, who cares? He goes, oh, you better care. You know, your kidneys can go, and the rest of you, you know, your, your, your insides won't work right, and your, you know, stuff just, just it's not going to work good. And I said, you want to live? Yeah. When I talked to when the doctor told me about the cancer, I said to him, I said, what if I don't do the surgery? He says, you'll die. That helped me make my decision because I like life. But I know that death is a reality. I thank the Lord. God saved me from dying in different situations in life. But I know one of these days the Lord's going to say, it's time for you to come home. You know, that's not something we ought to fear. Because I said it's a, be a time for us to go home. You've heard me say many times, there's no place like home. How true that is. We can try to escape it, but we'll die anyhow. Death is a place of an appointment, and no one can escape it. But death, when you don't know Christ, is a place of helplessness. Why? Because no one can prevent it. If you're lost, you say, well, I'm okay now. One of these days, I'll, I'll, I'll trust Christ. But that day may never come. How many people die unexpectedly? I read the obituaries and say, so-and-so died unexpectedly at home. We just don't know. And so we need to to understand that death is is a place of helplessness if we're lost. It's a place of separation. The Bible says there's a gulf fixed between us. You can't go between the two. Listen to this, Luke 16, 26. Beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot... Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. The Lord says there's a great gulf fixed between us and those who have died. 
We can't go to them and they cannot come to us. One of these days, though, we'll be able to go to them. Amen. It's called the rapture or our death. What a time of reunion, huh? How many of you got, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us tonight, we have loved ones that are already in heaven? What a great reunion. I can't, wait, I can't wait to see my grandparents and both sides, my grandparents and my Grandpa Biter and, and Grandma Biter and, and Grandpa and Grandma Duff and, and I see my mom and my dad. How wonderful it will be to see them and see some of the folks that we used to sit in these pews. Uh, I, oftentimes I, I think about some of the folks, I think about Bill all the time sitting back here. I would just love to have him come back and sit there and rub his head. Remember how he used to sit there and he'd sit there and have his head like that. He'd just rub his head. That's why he didn't have any hair. He was always rubbing his head. I just love to see him sitting in church. But you know what? I say that, but I really don't want him to come back and have his cancer again. I'm glad he's where he's at. Oh, I miss him. I miss that man very much, but and many others too, I think about tonight. Even as I'm preaching this, my mind goes through a lot of folks. But death also to a lost person is hopelessness. No one can change it. And the thing is, once you die without Christ, there's no second chances. And that's sad, isn't it? But that's the way it is. God, think about this. How many chances does God give us? How many times we've been in church and we've heard and we have a Bible in our hands and we can find the way of eternal life. How many opportunities God has given us. I mean, radio programs all the time. On the internet you can find out. You can have soul winners come past your house. How many times we get the opportunity to hear the gospel? But you see, once you reject and die rejecting Christ, there's no turning back. It's hopeless. And our trek towards death begins when we're at birth and ends at the end of our lives. There's no certain time of death. You've heard me say I've had funerals of many, many people. I've had a funeral where a man carried a little baby in a box this big over to the graveside. That broke my heart. And I've been there, and I've had Miss Klinger, what was she, 97 or 150, something like that, you know, and 97, I think she was, had her funeral. And I had a lot of people in between there. There's no certain time when we die. But it's appointed on a man wants to die. You better be ready. You better be ready. So death's pretty important. And death is also this. It's a for sure thing if the Lord tarries. So don't you think if it's such a for sure thing, we ought to think about it, prepare for it, and better understand it? I think so. You say, well, preacher, you know, I, I mean, what, what's, so, what's so glorious about this with death? You know, I believe this. According to the scriptures, death can be something that is peaceful for us. Let me give you a couple things real quick here. Here's some things that will help us to have a peaceful death someday. Someday. Now, I don't want you, any of you to go home and say, all right, I'm going to die here real quick. And I want you to go home. I want you to live. Live the best you possibly can for the Lord. But understand this. When death comes knocking at the door, you don't need to fear. You can have peace. You can have peace. Peaceful death requires several things. One is, a, one is, a, is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. He said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8.8, 8, There is no man that hath power over, a spirit, over the spirit to retain the spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. 
We don't have any power over that time of death. We've got to acknowledge the fact that we're going to die someday. If we acknowledge that, then we can be ready for that. And we say, well, I just want to think about it. And I've had people like that when I'm so many. Well, I don't want to think about dying. I know we don't want to. I don't want to think about it either. I don't want to go and make preparation for all that. I, but, but here's the thing. I do have to acknowledge the fact that if the Lord tarries, this body will not live forever. But I'm not going to live the life that God's given me now in the terror of dying. When I, and I won't if I stop and realize that when that time of death comes, that I'll be present with the Lord. You know what? It's kind of like this. Us God-believing people ought to believe the Word of God. We talk about heaven being so wonderful, and we just fear it, it seems like. Our time will come because time on this earth is temporary. I'm not going to live here forever. The Bible says in James 4.14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away, like we breathe in the cold air. And thank the Lord we didn't have any of that happen today. Amen. You breathe in that cold air and you see the vapor of your breath, and what happens? It doesn't stay there, it vanishes away. And the Bible says that's the way it is in our lives, too. He talks about it as being like a weaver's shuttle. Job chapter 7, verse 6 My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what a weaver's shuttle is. And so I looked it up, and when they weave, weave material, I think it's the, I, I can't remember the word for it there, but it's when the thread, not the thread that goes this way, but the thread that goes this way, the shuttle is the thing, what they do, they run it through there, and then it's hooked to the shuttle, and they pass it over to the other side. I think that's how it is. That's what I read. I Googled it, so it's got to be true. And, uh, uh, but then that shuttle, what happens? They do it. And I, and I understand now that they, they could do this thing. Of course, it's mechanically. A lot of it's done too now. But they could get there and they could do it really fast. And the Bible says that our life is like that. It goes through all these things and then all of a sudden it's over. That's what God told us about it. Like a vapor, like a weaver shuttle. When I, was, when I first moved to Pennsylvania, I was 23 years old. I was young. I was a young whippersnapper. I was an assistant pastor, 23 years old. And you know, when I moved here, I met a lot of people. I met a lot of elderly people. Guess what? They're not here anymore. I think about so many folks that we knew when we came to Pennsylvania, and I told my wife, I says, my, so many people we met when we came to Pennsylvania are no longer here. But guess that's been a lot of years. That's what, 46 years ago. That's a long time. So those people that were like in their 80s, you know they're not here. People in their 60s are not here. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further. But uh, you, you get the idea. A lot of folks aren't here anymore. Life moves on. And I thought, you know, how fast life goes. And what we do, I think about some folks back home. We had some people. They were health food nuts. They, they ate all the health food. We had a man in our church and his wife, they ran a health food store. And I remember people going and buy and buy and buy all this health food. But I remember going to their funerals. And I'm like, whoops, didn't work. My preacher he used to always, man, he, would, he wouldn't drink coffee, wouldn't go to Burger King or McDonald's. He always, held, always ate health food. You know, when he'd go and have, you know what it was a snack for him? Some nuts. Now, sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. 
I can eat some nuts, but I'll tell you what, I like some, I like some uh, 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 donuts once in a while. Amen. I like some pizza. Amen, Dave. Amen. Yeah, I like some pizza in that too. But 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 the thing is, you know what? I saw I saw all those people, and even my preacher. I mean, he always said he said you you some of you folks, you go out there to McDonald's, you fill your face with McDonald's, you're gonna die. And, and you know what happened? He would go and he would go to the health store and eat stuff that had no taste, stuff that maybe the animals ought to be eating. Now, if you're having a problem with this, the altar is here. Get right with God. But uh, but it, they would eat all the same. I mean, you know what happened? He he he. His heart gave out on him, and he died. All that health food. And some of the folks there that went to McDonald's all the time, they went to the funeral, and they kind of looked at him like, well, it didn't work for you, did it? You know, life's uncertain. But I know this thing. It sure goes by fast. It sure goes by fast. I think about, you know, as old as I am now, almost 69, not quite that real old, old age of 69. Yes. <laughs> Reggie stuck his tongue out at me, I think. But, but amen, Dave, you're with me on this one. Yeah, us young boys, we stick together <laughs> for a couple months. Then we join the club. But, uh, you know, I think these, these 68, almost 69 years have flown by. It seemed like I was just a kid. Ran across the, an article. I was, I was in the newspaper one day. You're probably going to be impressed with what I tell you. Okay? I'm not going to get a swelled head over it, but you're going to be impressed. My picture and my brother's picture is about this big in the Hammond Times of me and him modeling a suit. I don't know what you're laughing at. We look good. Well, you think about about seven years old? About seven. Yeah, my brother, I think, was five. I was seven. And he had in there, Mark and Tim Biter are modeling the, the suit from Carson Peary Scott. I can't remember what it was. But we, I had, had this suit on with a tie, and we had hats. Remember, everybody used to wear the hats all the time? We had, I was holding my hat because I wanted my blonde hair to look good. But you, you know what? I, I, was, I was a little kid. I wouldn't do that now. They don't want me to do that now. People now, when I buy a suit, they say, don't tell anyone where you got that. But I, I, you know, I, I think about you know, how, how that was. It had, I found another article there was about that, that Mrs. Gruner had a, had a piano recital for all her pupils. Guess who name, whose name was in a piano recital? Mark Biter. You didn't know I was a pianist. Mrs. Bishop, you better watch it. Might take your job. But I never learned how to read music. And, uh, but, but, you know, I did a recital. I don't know what I played. I, you know what I remember about the recital? This is what I remember. Got them playing. I got up. I went. <laughs> and then I stood like this in my suit, you know, for the... <laughs> Uh, see, you folks didn't know how, how important I was in life, but, you know, time really goes by, and I, I found those papers that I showed my wife. I said, look at this, and she goes, oh, my goodness. And I said, look at this one about the piano. Are you playing a piano recital? Yeah, I did. But I made the paper. Was your name in the paper? No, yours wasn't in there. Her picture's in at the post office, but not in the paper. But anyways, life goes by so fast, and there's nothing we can do to change it from we can't make it slow down. 
But a peaceful death requires commitment. I'll fear no evil. That's what he said, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because I committed to the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I committed unto him my soul. Takes commitment, doesn't it? Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, my hands are off. I can't, I can't work my way to heaven. I commit myself to you. That's how we can have a peaceful death. Knowing that my life, my soul, is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, death's really not an evil thing. Because you understand this, death is this, that doorway to that place called heaven. You ever stop and think about this? When we go to heaven, we go to be with the Lord. Why? Because God loves us more than we ever could believe. More than we could ever comprehend. God loves you so much that he wants to spend eternity with us. He told the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. He's saying, but you'll be able to come where I'm at. So death is not a horrible thing. Death is a thing where the Lord says, you know what? You've lived your life and now it's time for you to come home and would be with him. And because of that commitment of trusting Christ, Death is that door from which we walk into his presence. But death to a lost person, they don't walk into the presence of the Lord. They walk into a place called hell. Sometimes I wonder about us Christians, how we handle death. Not only about worrying about ourselves, but also our loved ones. I would say we all cry over our loved ones who die. I mean, I understand some people don't show it like others, but it hurts to say goodbye. I remember when I would leave Indiana and I'd say goodbye to my mom and dad the first time, but we cried and cried. And I think pretty much every time we would go out to see him and we would leave, when we got to see him, oh, we're so happy, we're here. And we'd come in, mom's been watching for us and they're all excited, we had a great time, but then they know this is time for us to leave and we cry. I'd say goodbye. You know, it's hard to say goodbye to somebody. But I always believe this. Every funeral, I, I think, every funeral I've ever preached at, I've often I've, I've said this. We're not really saying goodbye. We're saying, I'll see you later. Because one of these days will be a great reunion. Amen. Hey, man. You ever been to reunions before? Sometimes you got the crazy nuts that are there from the family. Hey, man, you got family like that? You're afraid to say anything, aren't you? But I know you. I know what it is. You're the crazy nut in the family. You know, everybody's got those crazy uncles. And, uh, but I, I remember going to a reunion, a biter reunion in, in, in Tennessee. You know what I remember about it? Old ladies kissing me. Now, fellas, some of you men think, well, that don't sound bad. You know, my wife, I'm talking about I was a kid and had old ladies kissing me. And then they like to do this. You're so cute. I thought, you ought to see my picture of me in the paper. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. But uh, they, they'd go and they'd grab and she go, oh, you're so cute. Oh, I can tell you're a biter. And uh, you know, I'm like, okay. And uh, reunions, but, you know, we get to heaven. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be old ladies kissing us, amen. At least I'm going to talk to the Lord about that. When we get to heaven, it'll be a reunion with those that we love. All around this room, we all have someone we love that's there. And we miss them like crazy. 
So many things remind us of them. Hmm? And yet we know that this life, life, like a vapor, we breathe and then it vanishes away. That one of these days we'll be with them. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He didn't say we don't sorrow. We do sorrow. We do have a hard time saying goodbye, but we don't have it like those who will never see each other again. I'll be honest with you. When I preached my mom and dad's funeral, it would have been really hard if I knew I would never see him again. But I had that wonderful, wonderful thought and that truth that when I walked up there, I knew and I still know that I'll see them again. That loved one means so much to you. Oh, it's hard to say goodbye, but one of these days we'll see him again. I miss my mom and dad a whole lot. When we had our big celebration, our 40th anniversary that, that Sunday night, one of the things I thought about so much was I sure wish I could call mom and dad. I want to talk to them and tell them what you all did. I miss them so much, but you know what? I wouldn't want them back in the rest home. I wouldn't want my mom back with the body she had after a stroke. I wouldn't want my dad back with Alzheimer's. I wouldn't want him to have to be in one in one wing and the other in the other wing of a home. I'm glad that, in fact, on their tombstone, it says this, together forever. Dad and mom are together tonight in one of these days. We'll be together up there too. That loved one you're thinking about right now. You know what? Death to us when we realize will be that going through that door. There's a shadow. We don't need to worry about hell if you're saved. But we know the Lord goes with us through that. It also takes this expectation. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I like this verse. I'll be done. Luke 16, 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. Listen to this, and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. You know, I read that so many times, and I started thinking, how wonderful is that, carried? You know, one of these days, I'll be carried unto the Lord. I mean, escorted. Won't there be something when we, when we die? You know, we, 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 we're still here. We have, to, we have to go through the loved one and the funeral they may have. But you stop and you think about those that have been already carried on to the Lord. One verse that we oftentimes have a hard time with that we shouldn't is Psalm 116, 15. says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, I oftentimes thought, how in the world, how can that be precious? I get up here and I preach a funeral and I look and I see the tears and the anguish in the face of people. So how can it be precious? Well, the Lord's not saying goodbye. The Lord is saying, welcome home. And it is a precious thing. Oh, we walk out feeling so lonely of that funeral. But how wonderful it is to know that there's no more sickness, no more cancer, no more grieving, no more heartaches. Everything's all right in my Father's house. And then lastly, for peaceful death requires excitement. It says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Solomon described that place called the long home. 
Listen to this verse, Ecclesiastes 12, 5. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, talking about elderly folks, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. One of these days, we're going to go to our long home. Right now, we're evidently in our short home. We'll all leave here, we'll go home to our houses, and we're going to say how good it is to be home. But one of these days, we'll go to our long home. Can I put it this way? I heard somebody say this one time, our forever home. That means no more moving. Oh, it seemed like we moved so much those early days. Every time the rent was due, we had to move. But uh, that wasn't like that. But we, we moved several times. And I, I, when we, we built this house, and, and I remember telling my wife, I, said, I don't want to do this again. And I said this. I said, next time we move, I'm in the box. That's the next time I'm moving, I'm in the box. But you know, one of these days, we're going to that forever home. This world's not my home. <laughs> I'm just passing through. But I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Amen. And I'm excited about it. And I'll be honest with you, the older I get, the more excited I am about it. I mean, the older I get, the more excited I'm about it. Think about it. I, I'm like, you know, I look back and I, I sometimes, do you ever do this? Like, Man, I just wish I was younger. And then I think about all the problems I went through. I'm like, I don't want to rewind and go through it all again. I've already got past a lot of those things. And when I start looking at what's beyond that place called heaven, it don't look so bad. And it really brings me excitement. One of these days, the trumpet may sound. That's exciting. And so one of these days, it may be that we will take our last breath. Yeah, it'll be hard for us that are left behind. But that dear one that took their last breath that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, everything will be all right. Everything will be all right. I've watched people suffer in life. And all of a sudden in death, it's so quiet. Everything will be all right. I've sat beside many people that have passed away. I watched them take their last breath. I remember when Mrs. Klinger died, we were down there with her. We bowed our head and we prayed. We weren't praying for her. She took her last breath. We thanked the Lord there was a heaven. And we had smiles on our faces. Not because she was gone. We really enjoyed her. She was fun to be around. But she had a lot of health problems. And she's tonight, I believe, running through the streets of glory. I remember when, when her, uh, what was it, uh, when her husband died, I think it was. And we're walking out of, the, out of the funeral home. And everybody else is just bawling and crying. And Miss Clint, this is what she did. We're walking out of the funeral home. And I'm trying to hold on to her, you know, make sure she's okay. She goes, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You say, how in the world could she have excitement? Her husband just died. She knew where he was at. And she was only a few steps behind. Together forever. So I'm not looking forward to dying. But I know that death is not something to fear. And I can have peace. After having a happy life. Like we talked about this morning. All of that. In one psalm. Psalm 23. Hope it got a blessing from it. Hope it helps you with it, with life and with death.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much again for this time here this evening. Thank you for the word of God, what it teaches us. What, Lord, that I pray, I believe tonight that I gave things that will help us all in this life. And Lord, if you tarry, every one of us in this room, if, if, if you just tarry for a long time, that, that, that there'll be that time, we'll die. But Lord, thank you that we can know that we're saved. We don't need to fear because we'll go through that valley. And even if we come out on the other side, out of the side is heaven, it'll be all right. So, Father, I pray, if, really, if there's somebody who doesn't know you as Savior, they get saved. That's why we go soul winning. That's why we give invitations. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this evening. Let me ask you again, if you died today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I want to have anyone say, preachers, you know, I just don't know. I hope so. That's not a hope-so salvation. It's a no-so salvation. I want to do you know the Lord is your Savior. I want to have anyone here tonight say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven for sure, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone tonight? Anyone this evening? Christian tonight. You say, Preacher, I know the Lord is my Savior. I'm saved, but I, I fear about dying. I understand that. I, we don't want to go through the process of it. But death is that door. You see, all that we know so far is just how it is to say goodbye to someone. But you know what? I'm happy tonight to know that my mom and dad are in heaven. I'm going to tell you something else. They're happy too. That loved one you miss so much is happy too. Let's be happy for them. Let's understand we can have a peaceful death even after a happy life. If God spoke to your heart, the altar will be open this evening. You do what God says. If you're not sure of salvation, come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how you can be saved. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the time this evening sharing this Bible with these folks. Lord, speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand as a song?